It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. While looking on Tori McElwain's website, The Quilt Patched by Tori, I saw that she was offering a class with a guest teacher, Darla Hennessy Hall. Darla was so gracious to chat with me. She has been free motion quilting on her A1 longarm, lovingly named Frankie, for 16 years. She has quilted for clients all over the United States. She also has quilted six best of show quilts and has been hired for quilt shops and pattern designers to quilt their featured quilts. Darla has developed her own style and from her love of experimenting with different quilting motifs, she wants to help other quilters develop their own organic style. During our conversation, we talked about QuiltCon that was in Phoenix, Arizona from February 16th through the 20th of 2022. Since our interview was before the conference, our comments indicate that it's coming up, but it's over now. Darla, thanks for joining me on A Quilter's Life. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Uh-huh. I saw you on Tori McElwain's website, and I wanted to find out more about you, so... Let's start with, where were you born and raised? I was born at Camp Pendleton, California. My father was in the Marine Corps. Shortly thereafter, I was about six weeks old, and we moved to my dad's hometown, Delano, California. So I was born in California, raised in California, and I still live about 30 miles from that childhood home. Wow. In between, did you move out of state and back in, or you always were in California? I have always lived in California. I moved out of the desert for about 18 years, and then we moved back about 10 years ago. So I've always lived within about 100 miles of that childhood home. Wow. Yeah. Can you share a special childhood memory? Well, you know, I grew up with my father's family that surrounded us. And I have so many great childhood memories. I had wonderful parents. My dad was the oldest of seven children. And his youngest sister is only five years older than I am. So we had a huge family. We all went to the same schools. We all had the same friends. And when we had holidays, I think holidays were probably my favorite. We had all the aunts and uncles and cousins and cousins of cousins, and it, it was really nice that my grandparents had a house right outside town that was on six acres, and we would play baseball, and the men would shoot skeet in the back, and we play volleyball and eat, and there was always 50, 60, 70 people there, and it was really a great time for us kids. Yeah, I love it. Family is so wonderful. Yeah, and I was actually raised with all my cousins that are my age are all boys. I'm the oldest girl in the family, as far as the cousins go, and it was always really fun to 
what the boys could do, I could do better. (laughs) I always kind of challenged myself. I was always the pitcher in the boys' baseball team that would play the other kids because I grew up like a tomboy. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me your relationship with Tori McIlwain? Tori McIlwain is my daughter. She is a twin. Her and her sister are best buddies. And Tori, she learned to sew when she was really young, like I did. And I've always encouraged them to work with their hands and make things and make homemade things and taught them to treasure other homemade things. And as she got older, she got more interested in quilting and doing that kind of thing. So I'm really proud of that girl that she has started up her own business and she's staying home with her babies and she has a real passion for quilting like I do. And it's really pretty special to me. It's Cindy. I had such fun interviewing her. She has a real passion for quilting that it really surprised me Mm -hmm. um, as she got older and she started doing this. She enjoys working with her hands and making beautiful things like I do. So neat. Besides quilting, did you have another career? I do. I work for a motor oil distributor and gas company in Bakersfield, California. And I have been selling motor oil for 43 years. And this last year, I've gone part-time instead of full-time. And it's been really nice. Then I can concentrate more on my quilting hobby and a little business that I'm creating as well. Wow. Congratulations on that. 43. You said 43, right? 43 years. I started selling motor oil in 1979. Wow. The year I got married. Oh, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) You're still in California, but how did you move to the area you're in now? Well, I live in Bakersfield because that's where my job is. So did you get Uh, the job first or did you move there because you were hired? No, I got the job first. I lived out in the Mojave Desert in California, and my mother developed uh, bone cancer, and my dad needed some help with my mom. So we decided to move back into the area so that I could be there to help support him because they were in their late 70s. And so we moved back to Bakersfield. I got a job here. We moved here, and it was only 25 minutes to my parents' house. So I was able to be here for the last five years that she was with us. And it just meant a lot to be here for Mm -hmm. for that time. So that's why we moved back from the desert into Bakersville was for that reason. Our daughters had just graduated from high school and they went off to college. We had the empty nest. And so we decided to make that move. It's great to be able to help family. Yeah. I think the biggest challenge with that was moving my long arm. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) finding the job was pretty easy but moving the long arm was a real challenge (laughs) i'm picturing you looking at houses saying will this fit a long arm nope on to the next one the realtor i told her i said look this is what i'm looking for i'm looking for a three-car garage for my husband who's a car guy a smaller house and a big room to put my long arm in. And I am so thankful that her sister had a long arm. So she knew exactly what I was talking about. 
and she found the perfect house for us. Neat. Yeah. It's so nice when you connect that way and they mm -hmm. know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was really nice. Are there other crafts you do or have done besides quilting? Well, I've dabbled in a few things. I've done dried flower arrangements. I did toll painting back in the 80s when it was popular and a few things, but nothing really as satisfying as quilting. How about other hobbies like gardening or cooking or anything like that? No, I don't, I don't call those hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I call those chores. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something about quilting that everything else takes second place. I agree with you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Who introduced you to quilting or how did you start with it? I come from a really long line of quilters. I'm about the fifth generation. So my dad's family, my grandmother, my aunts, my mother, all quilted, my great-grandmother. I'm actually, I have one of my great-grandmother's quilts that she made. Oh, cool. And it was just part of who we are, you know, those big family gatherings that we would have. The women would stay inside and drop that quilt rack from the ceiling and sit around and quilt and talk and do different things. Well, as kids and the dads were outside playing and doing our thing. So it was something that I was just, there's no life without quilting. You probably can't imagine a family not having quilts. No, I can't. I can't even imagine a household without a quilt in it. Mm -hmm. They finally let me help. I was about nine. That they let me help hand quilt a quilt. And I think I worked on it about 30 minutes. And it's like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> and I have that quilt, by the way. Oh, neat. Yeah. My mom gave it to me. Wow. Yeah. And then my mom's family lived in Northern California in the Crescent City and Eureka area. And I had an aunt that would hand piece grandmother's flower garden. That a double-knit polyester in the 70s. <laughs> And she probably made 300 quilt tops, and we would go up there and help her, too. So it's always been in our blood. Wow. Do you have a favorite quilt? Well, you know, that's kind of like picking a favorite child. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's like picking a favorite child. I tend to gravitate more towards real clean lines things with a lot of negative space so I can quilt in them and I display quilts in my living room I have a small area and then a large area we have a big curtain rod that I hang quilts on and I swap them out every couple of years because I find that the seasons change fabrics change I always have a new favorite fabric that I always have to turn into a new favorite quilt wow that's one thing I like about quilting is that there's always something new to try, to look at, to experience the color, the pattern, and all the things. Is there a tool that you use that you are so happy you have and don't think you could hardly quilt without it? Yes, there is. <laughs> I have this little ruler that's eight-inch ruler, 
It's made by Jamie Wallen of Quilters Apothecary. And they have a website and you guys can go check it out. But it's a little eight inch straight ruler. It has a little red handle on it. And I can't make a straight line for anything without that ruler. Hmm. And it doesn't matter if it's a 24 inch straight line. I use my eight inch ruler and it works great. <laughs> it's my little buddy. Neat. It's so nice to have that one tool you know you're going to use. Now, there's different parts of the quilting process. Do you like all of them, or do you enjoy one part better than the other? Well, you know, I always thought I enjoyed piecing a quilt until I bought a long arm, and the first five years were pretty frustrating for me, the learning curve, because I did have a full-time job. My daughters were in high school, and it was frustrating to me to learn how to use it properly until they actually went away to college. And I took a couple classes from Karen McTavish at Road to California, and something in her approach, just the light bulb went off in my brain. This was probably 10 years ago, and I just took off from there, and I have to tell you, my favorite thing to do is quilt somebody's quilt, whether it be mine, my friends, a client, a customer. To me, it just adds so much personality to a quilt and just really brings it alive. Uh-huh. That's my favorite part. <laughs> Since we're talking about your long arm, can you tell me what was your thought process in deciding to get one? Oh, yeah, I can tell you. <laughs> like I said, my mother was diagnosed with cancer. And I had a major surgery where I couldn't work for a few weeks. And I told her, I said, Mom, I don't have anything to do. It's making me crazy because I can't drive. I can't go anywhere. And when you're in outside sales and you can't get in your car and go somewhere, it's really frustrating. And, you know, everybody's gone all day. I can't watch TV. I got to do something. So she says, you know, I have these quilt squares that she had hand embroidered years ago. And I would love if you would just make a quilt for me to put on my bed. Because she was bedridden a lot. And so I took her quilt squares home and I bought some fabric to set them all together. And I had this little boff, I think it was a 4.2 quilters edition. And they told me, you can quilt a quilt in there. It's a little nine-inch neck. And I'm not a little woman, and my hands are probably nine inches. So to quilt on a domestic machine, that was a queen-size quilt. And I pushed it through that nine-inch neck. I quilted the blocks, quilted the sashing, and it took me so long. My neck and my shoulders were killing me. And I looked at my husband, and I said, you know, I think I want to go buy another sewing machine. And he goes, well, you just bought that one. I'm like, no, I'm going to get a bigger one. And he goes, and do I want to know how big a one you want to get? I said, I want to get a big enough one so I can quilt with it. And they kind of look like this. And I showed him a picture of a gamel long arm with a 30-inch neck on it. <laughs> and he goes, that is a sewing machine. <laughs> And I said, yes, dear. And he goes, do I want to know how much one of those costs? And I went, nope, you don't want to know. 
And he goes, and how are we going to pay for it? I said, well, I look at it this way. I have so many friends that, and I didn't know anybody that had a long arm. Absolutely nobody. And I said, I have so many friends that quilt and they all complain about this. And I think you could charge them to quilt their quilts. And then that way I can make it enough money to make the payment. And the payment, I think, was $400 a month. Wow. Because which is like a car payment, right? Mm-hmm. And so he says, oh, you think you can do that? I said, yeah, I think so. So off we went. I went and bought my long arm. I came home and I just started meandering and making loops on these quilts. And all my friends, they started lining up at the door. So I quilted their quilts. They gave me money to quilt their quilts and I made my payment. And so to me, it was almost like having a free long arm. Yeah. So that's how I started. And I was determined I was not ever going to push another queen size quilt through a nine inch neck. (laughs) Now for the fun one. What was your worst quilting experience? (laughs) My girlfriend and I were making a kaleidoscope Lone Star with some Paula Natal Stern fabric in, in in early 2000. And the kaleidoscope part of the star was absolutely stunning. And we were so proud of ourselves. And we loaded it on my long arm and we were discussing what to do. And we trapuntoed dragons in the corners of this quilt. We decided we were going to use metallic thread. So that way it looked, you know, had some sparkle. Well, I quilted half of the quilt. And then we rolled it, well, not half of it, probably two feet of it, and rolled it. And the tension on the back of the quilt was just off. And this was about nine o'clock at night. So we decided that we were going to rip that baby apart. So we sat for four hours around my long arm. And ripped out every single stitch in that quilt. Oh, wow. And that is an experience I will never forget. That was my first experience in what the long armors call skinning a quilt. We literally skinned it. Because the metallic thread was, it was difficult. (laughs) Wow. But it's a good ending. We entered it in two quilt shows and it won two first place ribbons. Really? Congratulations. Yes. yes, but we took the worst and turned it into a real success, which is always a great story, right? Yeah. Why do you make quilts? Why do you think you do quilts instead of spending your time doing something else? Well, you know, I made quilts here and there when I needed them, not necessarily for a hobby, because I wanted to make something that matched my decor that not everybody in the world had one just like it. I've always liked my home to reflect our personality rather than some designer, you know, that creates looks to fit in other homes. I wanted my look. Mm -hmm. Like I said, when my girls got in high school and they started driving, they didn't need me anymore to be the mom taxi anymore because my girls were really active. One was in band. They were belly dancers. They were in Girl Scouts. And so we were go, 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 go. 
And then when once they hit 16 and they got their own car, well, they didn't need mom to be sofering them around all the time. And they were pretty self-sufficient and they were great kids. So I could trust them to go do what they needed to do. And I'm kind of left sitting at home going, okay, now what am I going to do? So that's when I bought my long arm and started doing these things. And I've really found the joy in gifting quilts. The look of, oh my goodness, you made that for me? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what really kind of turned my passion to delve deeper into quilting than I'd ever been before. Because everybody loves a warm, cozy quilt. I don't care if you're 85 or two. Yeah. And you can create custom looks. You can create your image of that person into your work. And it's so rewarding. And I think gifting is my biggest joy when it comes to quilting is to make quilts for your children, your, your mom, your aunts, your grandmother, your grandbabies, your friends, grandchildren. They just are so appreciative. And it's just like getting a big warm hug that you could have forever. Yeah. And the look on their faces is so priceless. It is. And most of the time they are stunned. Mm -hmm. I've even had a few cry. Matter of fact, one of my girlfriends, I gifted her a quilt that she had admired for many years. It had won a lot of ribbons and different things. And I handed her the box and I looked her in the eye and then she just started crying. And she goes, you didn't. I gave it to her on her wedding day. <laughs> And she cried for five minutes before she even opened the box. <laughs> that was a pretty special day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you just answered, who do you make them for? Yeah. And what are you working on right now? I am working on Violet Crafts paper-pieced unicorn for Tori's new baby girl who will be born in March. Ah. Tori's sister, Tisha, and I and my friend, Michelle, and Becky, we all have kind of gathered together and making this as a project because I'm really not, I mean, I piece, but paper piece is great and everything matches up and lines up perfectly. And I love this unicorn pattern. So we decided we were going to all do it together. So that way they can encourage me to finish it. <laughs> So I got the top finished just in time for her baby shower two weeks ago. And now I need to get it quilted and it's sitting there ready to be the next one on my long arm. And Tori's son is three and I made him a bear, which is similar paper piece kind of pattern. I forget who made that pattern, but, and I quilted it very elegantly and did all the tips and tricks and pulled out all the stops for him. So I want to do the same thing for this magical unicorn pattern. Yeah. Yeah. So that is what I'm working on next. And I'm pretty excited about the way it's turning out. It's going to be beautiful when I get done with it. Yeah. Oh, she's going to love it. Yes. And of course, Tori, the practical Tori says, Mom, you don't have to quilt it all fancy. No, I want to. 
it's what I want to do. And you just need to say thank you. And she goes, okay, but you're going to make me use it because I always tell them quilts are to use. Yeah. So if I give you a quilt and I find it in the cupboard two years later and it's still wrapped in the same package I gave it to you and I'm going to be upset. So you need to get them out and use them. We can always make another one. Plus it has to have your signature designs on it. Exactly. It's from Graham's. It's got to be done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Share a quilting tip. Share a quilting tip. Never give up. It's a good one. Never give up. If you get stuck, ask for help. There are so many people in your community. There's so many people at quilt shops, online, on Facebook, YouTube. Never give up. Find the answer. Fix it. And finish every single thing that you possibly can. Love it. Did you name your business? And how did you come up with that name? Oh, no. I just call it Long Arm Quilting Services. It's just it's so original, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> just because that's what I did. And when I retire, I'll be 65 on my birthday this year. <laughs> so I'm thinking when I fully retire... I have a graphic artist that has done some other things for me. So I think I'm going to go to her. She's very creative. They come up with a business name that works for me that is a little more original than Long Arm Quilting Services. That will be fun. You have to let me know when you come up with that. Okay. Jumping back to when your friends lined up to bring you their quilts to be long-armed. Do you remember the first one you did and how you felt when they brought it to you? Yes, I do. It was a lady who had won many awards for her quilting at our county fair. And she says, this is just for my grandbaby. And I just want you to quilt something really simple on it. And they're going to, this is what she told me. They're going to barf on it, poop on it, and drag it around on the floor. But I don't want to quilt it on my domestic. Just do it for me real quick. And we're good. And I said, well, you know, I've only quilted about 10 quilts in my life on this machine. She goes, oh, I know. It's perfectly fine. Just do it. I was so nervous. I loaded it on my machine and it sat there for two days and I'm looking at it. And finally, my husband says, you know, it's not going to get quilted looking at it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He was right. So I just you know, dove right in and I had it done in like two hours. And when she came to pick it up, she was tickled to death, paid me and off she went. And then she came back two weeks later and brought me another one. Oh boy. So I was pretty tickled with that. Yeah, that's about the highest compliment you could get. It is when you have return customers and they bring you a menagerie of things from their hand applique. <laughs> Those are the scariest ones. The needle turn, beautiful hand applique and say, oh, yeah, yeah, I just quilted. it. I'm like, okay, I, I can do that. Let's talk about it. I always try to talk them through what's your vision? What do you see? How do you want me to do this? And most of them will look at me and say, you do what you think is right because I love the outcome when you finish them. So they usually give me pretty full reign. And I've also found that if people come to me and say, 
oh, I'd like to have a feather over there. And, oh, I'd like to have a swirl over there. And, oh, I, you know, straight lines over here. And I'm looking at, well, why don't you just take it home and quilt it yourself? <laughs> I had told one lady that. And she goes, what do you mean? I, I want to pay you to do it. I said, well, then, you know, a lot of this is a creative process. And for you to tell me step by step how to quilt it, Either you need to be here with me when I do it, or you need to take it home and do it, because it's not always my vision, and nor do I always remember everything you're telling me that you want me to do. Or you can mark it, and then bring it back to me. And usually, they'll say, okay, well, you do what you need to do. And I do. I try to follow, you know, their vision. A lot of times, I'll do more on their quilt than they expected me to. Because I didn't like their idea. It didn't feel right to me. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't charge them for it, but I would add what I felt the quilt needed and then charge them whatever price I quoted them because I wanted to do the right thing by the quilt and not just stitch in the ditch. Because mm -hmm. I'm not a stitch in the ditch kind of long armor. I don't have a computer on mine. It's all done by hand it's hand led i don't even typically mark a quilt i just sit down and start quilting on it so it's more of like an artistic expression mm -hmm. and i don't think a lot of quilt piecers or people who make quilt tops understand that there's no pattern when you're doing freehand you know if you want stencils on your quilt then have someone who specializes in doing stencils on a quilt do it because I won't do them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like them for me. They look beautiful on some quilts and some quilters don't have an imagination to quilt something creative on somebody else's quilt or they're afraid to. So they use stencils and that kind of thing. And I just choose not to. Panagrams, I just, I can't. I tried a panogram once. I put it on one quilt and I took them and threw them away. To me, you might as well get a computer to do it. It's a creative process for me, not just a get the job done kind of quilting business I have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're all different and we need to use our strengths. And it sounds like you're using yours. Yeah, I cannot do a pantogram. I, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I'm looking at it going, well, that was stupid. Why did they do it like that? And I'm trying to rewrite the pantogram rather than just doing it. And it's just the way my brain works. It's actually pretty funny. I don't mean to insult anyone by saying that, but a lot of people need to use those because they stiffen up with the freedom of what you can do with a long arm. So they need to use the pantograms. I just find it hard. It's difficult for me to follow somebody else's line. Yeah. Yeah. In sewing, I usually change things on a pattern. So when I started quilting, I went to take that class and it's like, Paula, you got to follow what the teacher says. And I had to talk with, <laughs> if you're going to take a class, you need to follow. So I did and I was pleased with myself. I followed her. So I finally decided just last month, I took my second quilt class. Like, yeah. Paula, you need to follow what the teacher says. But I saw the pattern. <laughs> And before I even got to the first class, I changed the pattern all up. <laughs> like, I hope you don't mind, but I want to do yeah. it like this instead. I think that's why I struggle so much with like this unicorn pattern. I really struggled with it because you have to follow a pattern in a paper piece. Yeah. 
you know, especially one that it's called abstraction unicorn. And if you don't follow the pattern exactly, your unicorn is not going to look like a unicorn. <laughs> so I really struggle with that. And so that's why every time I sat down and work on it, somebody was sitting there with me, reminding me of exactly that. You got to follow the pattern. You got to do what the teacher says. Uh, but what about this? But what about that? <laughs> and I think that's a lot of times I get bored with something if the instructions are that explicit that you have to follow it step by step by step. Mm-hmm. So I don't tend to finish my quilt tops and I use the excuses. Oh, I got to quilt this lady's quilt over here. Or I got to quilt my quilt over here. Or my daughter needs her quilt quilted. So <laughs> how do you cut all kinds of excuses to get the quilt to quilt, not necessarily make the top. <laughs> Did I understand that you're offering classes now? Yes. Tori is going on maternity leave at the end of March. And we were talking about how that would affect her home business. And she decided that she would like to have some guest speakers do classes through her website to make up for her being absent. So she just came out and asked me and says, mom, I think you need to do some long arm classes. All of her show quilts that she has for samples, I quilted them for her. And she gets so many compliments and so many people asking questions about the cool thing that's on them. Matter of fact, at QuiltCon in her booth, all the quilts that she's going to be showing are ones that I quilted. So we decided that I would be her first guest teacher. So my first series of long arm classes are coming in April. How neat. Yes. So that way, if there's blunders and mistakes, then, you know, it's just mom, right? (laughs) (laughs) And you get to go to QuiltCon and help her? Yeah, so I help her at her booth at QuiltCon because she's eight months pregnant. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, she kind of needs some help. So Tisha and I and my girlfriend, Michelle, we're going to Phoenix and helping her in her booth. So that way she doesn't overdo it, go into preterm labor and all the kind of things that we want to avoid, right? <laughs> That's great. And did I see that she'll be in a booth with Andy? Yes, her and Andy are sharing the booth. And Andy is actually teaching a class or I think a workshop or something. And so we'll be helping Andy cover her booth and, and Tori as well. Great. I'm really looking forward to it. I've been to several quilt cons. I even had one quilt show in quilt con and when it was in Pasadena. And I love quilt con. I think it is the most fun quilt show that you can go to. I've got to hand it to this next generation of quilt show organizers. The ladies at quilt con really know how to put on a good time. You're making me more and more jealous. <laughs> You'll get there one day. I will. I will. I did interview Andy also, so please say hi to her for me. Oh, okay, I will. Now, has anyone signed up for those classes you're offering in April? Well, right now, Tori felt like it was too soon to actually post the classes. We're going to wait until March to post them because people typically won't sign up for class for two to three weeks before the event. Mm -hmm. So we have a wait list, and in a few weeks, 
we will actually send all the class information to this wait list so then they can determine if they want to sign up for the classes or not. And right now, we just started posting like interest posts to see if anybody would be interested in taking long arm classes. And she's posted them and I posted them. And so far, we have 12 people on the wait list. Wow. So I'm excited that we got some interest. Yeah, that must be exciting. <laughs> it is. I have taught many people in my family and friends how to quilt with their long arms. Oh, neat. Tori is kind of self-taught, but she watched me for years. Mm -hmm. She lives in Arizona. She lives south of Tucson. We live about nine hours apart now. So her watching me gave her the confidence, just jump in and do it, girl. Just jump in and do it. And she did, both feet. <laughs> both feet in. And so I have a couple cousins I've taught how to quilt. And one of them just purchased a long arm about a year ago. And then my friend Michelle just bought her one as well. So we're becoming a pretty close-knit group of long armors. Yeah. Do I understand that right now you're just on Tori's website? You don't have other contact or do you? No, no, no. I have a couple thousand followers on my Instagram page. And I just opened me up a TikTok account at Christmas time when Tori was here. Oh, neat. So I do have all that. You can find me at Long Arm Darla on Instagram and on TikTok, where I've been posting a lot of videos. It has information about my classes on there. And I do not have my own website. I'm just on Tori's because this is kind of a new thing with her maternity leave coming up. Oh, neat. Is there anything else you would like to share with me? Well, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to, to share all the quilting love. And I'd love to see that our quilting world has advanced to this where there is podcasts and there is YouTube videos. And I just want to encourage everybody to share and to spread the love of our hobby, our businesses, and continue the tradition of quilting. Yeah. And with that, I need to mention, I love Tori's coffee chat with quilters on YouTube. I hope she continues it when she comes back from her maternity break. I'm sure she will, because she enjoys that, too. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Darla. This was great. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Uh-huh. Okay, bye. 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 You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening.